Hey, I'm Asher. And I'm Jackson. And what you're about to listen to is Strictly Confidential. Are you ready to clock in? Yeah, I'm ready to clock in. We're not allowed to have any fun. This is all work. Hey, Asher, how's your week been? <laughs> hey, Jackson. <laughs> uh, what you drinking right now? I'm not drinking anything. I have been sipping on, up until now, some Southern Sweet Tea. Because mm. I, need I needed a little bit of energy before it got started. And I didn't want to lose my soul in the process, so I drank sweet tea. The only reason I ask is because I am drinking a cold brew, and I realized that the way I'm drinking it might be of some interest. Okay. I've discovered that if I have a cup on my table that I'm recording at, and I set it down, it makes quite a bit of noise, right? Okay. And I don't want that to happen when we're not talking about it. And so what I've done is I've found a book on the bookshelf and set it down here so that it has a soft surface to land on, right? Good work. The book that I've found... You would never be able to guess what book this is. It is titled The Mom, Wolfman, and Me <laughs> by Norma Klein. Can I read the back to you? Please. The back of the book says, Having a mother who had never married might be awkward and inconvenient for other people, but never for Brett. In fact, Brett preferred her mom single. She'd change and be like all other mothers if she had a husband. Then there'd be three meals on time, a strict bedtime, and probably they'd both have to wear skirts instead of jeans. Life with mom just seemed right until the wolf man came along. <laughs> I think you just read the entirety of a Goosebumps book. The end. <laughs> until the wolf man came along. This book, I'm going to see when it was published, but do you want to make an estimate? 1992. 1972. Dang, okay. I guess there wasn't anything particularly 90s about it, but it just had that goosebumps kind of aesthetic where it's like, another day of playing the Nintendos and eating pogs until the ghost showed up and made my life wacky. That sounds like the perfect introduction to this book if this book was an audiobook. I wonder if this book has an audiobook version. It probably doesn't considering this is a first printing and it was $1.75. We could burn a cool afternoon and narrate every single copy of Goosebumps. Yeah, that would probably take about half an hour. Yeah, well, there's about 76 of them, but they're each about the length of a pamphlet, so... Yeah, I never got super into the Goosebumps. I was always a uh, uh, Magic Treehouse kind of guy. Magic Treehouse? Yeah. It's a book series where these this brother and sister, I believe, Jack and Annie, would open up a book and get to travel into that book. And so there were a ton of stories. It was, it was a lot of fun. I remember it fondly. I think Oh, I, so it's worse wishbone is what it is. Yeah, it's probably worse wishbone. I remember reading the first, I don't know, 45, 50 of them. Wow, there really are a lot of these things, huh? It's kind of like uh, if you guess any number of how many there are of Land Before Time movies, it's going to be one more than that, no matter what the number <laughs> is. Just be like, throw a number out there. Land Before Time 43. Oh, that's Spike's big day at the mall. I remember one time a couple of years ago, I was like, uh, for a summer, I decided, let's, uh, let's do an entire Land Before Time marathon. Um, and so I started planning it and got to the phase where I looked up how many Land Before Time movies there were and decided <laughs> I didn't... 
I didn't want, yeah, pretty early in the process. I didn't want to watch Land Before Time for like 72 straight hours. Yeah. Because you get, you get exactly one hour of quality, sad dinosaur content. And then there's an immediate pivot to sing-alongs. And then it's just that for the next 74 hours. Immediately, yeah. I think if I was to do it now, I would enjoy doing it if I could watch the director's commentary for those movies the whole time. Because I imagine that director's commentary for weird children's movies is an uncomparable experience. It's probably just like, oh, yeah, we... <laughs> Hold up. Let me, <laughs> let me workshop that voice for a second. It's like, oh, we were, we were, we were, on, we were on all kinds... It was LSD. That's what gave... That's why Spike has the eyes that don't point the same direction. And, oh, I don't even remember this song. Who wrote this? This is lovely. <laughs> it's like the, the, the director is watching it for the first time along with you. <laughs> like he directed it, but he never saw the final edit. <laughs> but speaking of doing time with a punishment yes because the, that's kind of i think it's kind of remotely what we were talking about with uh 72 hours of land before time gucci main did some time in prison he emerged from prison after a two-year eight-month prison sentence but before he released that he was part of kanye's song champions where he rapped which sparked today's theory that Gucci Mane, or at least the Gucci Mane that was released from prison, is actually a CSI-employed government clone. Okay, well, we did look over the fact that uh, we didn't explain who Gucci Mane is. You're making a lot of assumptions here. I am making a lot of assumptions. And I will read to you a little bit of the Gucci Mane uh, Wikipedia. His real name, which is way cooler than Gucci, is Roderick Delantic Davis. Dang. And I think I may have been mispronouncing some of those words, but the way I Who said cares? them it feels, cool. feels so cool. He's a rapper. He's been referred to as Trap God a lot because he does a lot of trap music, which is... Kind of a subgenre of hip hop. Is um, it? Because I with, legitimately don't know what trap music is. And there was a period of time where there was also dance hall, and I never knew what dance hall was. Like, if you're putting an analogy together, hip hop is a rectangle and trap music is a square. Okay. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I don't know what trap music is, but I do understand where to file it now. I think trap music is just the hip-hop where it's the hip-hop where it has the pitched-up vocals and the pitched-down vocals, and it's like 30% electro and lots more reverb than normal. Do you want to hear the sentence that describes it from Wikipedia? Yes. It is typified, typified, typified? I don't know if I've said that word out loud before, but it is typified by double or triple time subdivided hi-hats Heavy sub-bass layered kick drums from the Roland TR-808 drum machine, layered synthesizers, and an overall dark, ominous, or bleak atmosphere and lyrical content. Dang, that is way more specific than I expected. I feel like that could only possibly apply to four or five songs. And yet everything on the radio is trap music. There is a genre that only uses one specific drum machine? 
Well, drum and bass is entirely based off of one single drum beat. Yeah, I guess. It's the Amen Break. That's a whole nother can of worms, but look into that. That's interesting if you're interested in uh, music mixology. Well, I think the most interesting to me is that ska is only based off the bra-ba-ba-ba sound <laughs> and nothing else. Ska is what a checkerboard sounds like. That's a pretty good analogy. Anyways, uh, back to Gucci Mane. He's talked about as the trap god. He, I've always referred to him as the guy who, if you're playing Call of Duty and you spray and pray, Gucci Mane pretty much does that with music. <laughs> Odds are you've heard a Gucci Mane song because most songs are Gucci Mane songs. See, I didn't know that. I couldn't think of, I couldn't name a single song by the Gucky Man. And no, I'm not above just pronouncing something wrong for comedy. It is the lowest form of comedy, but also one of my favorite. So tell me about the Gucky Man. I hate so much that you said that because I was going to quote my friend Carter, who I think, I don't know if you just did this coincidentally, but Carter, who was on our episode about... um, Alti. Alti. His pinned tweet right now is Gucci Mane, but it's pronounced Gucky Man. (laughs) (laughs) Which he followed up with Walker Flocker Flame. (laughs) Can this show just be reading other people's funny Twitter? Because they're definitely funnier than we are. So... What we'll find a lot of today is that this episode is very centered around Twitter. A lot of the people who truly believe that Gucci Mane, or when I talk about Gucci Mane, for the most part, I'm talking about what we believe is the government clone. Most of the people who believe that, we only know they believe that because they're tweeting about it. Interesting. Okay. But if you look at a list of Gucci Mane songs, it is crazy how many there are. Um, so this Mane's- is actually, le- legitimately, this sounds like the new business strategy of the streaming era of music. Just to be serious for a second, there, like how Drake releases playlists instead of albums. I know there's only one instance of that. But it's a very, but- it's a very like late 20-teens kind of approach to music. Where when your revenue is coming off of streams, it's literally the play count for songs and not album sales. You can make the most money off of your music just by saturating the market as much as possible. Right. And it sounds like to me that that's his signature strategy is if I come out with a new song every single day and each one of them gets about an equal amount of plays that's going to end up earning you way more money than one solid album every three years. Right. And so Drake does that. I mean, he's the pinnacle example of that when everybody talks about it because he has no intention of his awards winning Grammys or his albums winning awards or Grammys. He wants them to win streaming points, basically. Hmm. And so a lot of people are choosing to do that, which makes, I don't, love Kanye West at the moment, but what he's been doing on his, what he did over, I guess it was June or July where he released six albums in six weeks. And each of them was just seven songs where he focused very intently on making, this is a small album focused on making just seven excellent tracks. 
Right. Which is so different from what a lot of artists do right now. I mean, Gucci is an example, but I've been listening a lot to Travis Scott's album that came out last week that has, I think it has something like 17 or 18 songs. Um, But I mean, if we want to get into a long conversation about what we think the perfect album length is, it's 11. We should do that later. (laughs) Yeah. So a lot of this comes from a news, music news website called Complex. Yeah, Complex. Complex. They posted that one point that conspiracy theorists consider proof that he isn't Gucci is that his infamous ice cream cone face tattoo is gone. Whoa. So when he went into prison, he had this big ice cream cone face tattoo that was... So I know so little about this man that I can't even picture that, but I'm looking at it now, and that is not subtle. No. It, I, thought it, I thought it would be more like along the, the size of a teardrop tattoo, where it's, but instead of a teardrop, it's an ice cream cone. This thing is no, most of his face. It's basically the size of a second nose. Uh, but what's crazy about it is that he did actually come out of his two-year, eight-month prison sentence without the tattoo. So and how... So, a lot of theorists believe that that is because he's a clone, he's different. Um, I see a couple problems with that, but we're going to move on and get a little bit more detailed before we dive into problems, if that's okay. Okay. Um, they also believe that he lost a lot of weight in prison, which makes sense. Impossible! But he is, but he is also insanely fit, and they he went into prison being kind of having a pretty large beer gut. And then the third thing that people claim is the biggest element of his proof is the way he talks. If you listen to his old albums or old interviews or anything before he went into prison, he has a much more hood vibe, which I say with all precaution, knowing that I am very much a white Southerner. He has (laughs) now he's been talking after he comes out all of his interviews. He's talking with a little bit more of a sophisticated kind of snarkiness that he didn't have before he went into prison. Okay. So that's typically something you don't leave prison with is a, is a more articulate vocabulary. I imagine, I'm not sure. I think you're probably not going to leave prison with less knowledge than you went in. But you are going to leave prison with less of a beer gut. That seems like the shakiest argument so far. Cause I feel like exercise is something that's pretty available to you, if not one of the only things available to you. He was also released six months earlier than anybody thought he was going to be released. He kind of came out as a surprise to his family and friends, which is another interesting thing. The theory states that he is supposed to still be in prison, and what is walking around is a clone of him. Now there is the real version of him still alive? Supposedly. There are two big quotes I want to show you, though. And one of them is from Gucci Mane himself. And the other one is from the CIA regarding Gucci Mane. Oh, man. Okay. Which one do you want to hear first? Let's hear Gucci defend himself. He said, in a Snapchat video, I hear Gucci Mane is a clone. I will neither confirm nor deny those allegations. (laughs) Which, one doesn't prove anything but two is the best possible response to that right well also he doesn't say i'm he refers to the gucci man 
The Gucky Man. The Gucky Man might be a clone. I can either confirm it or deny. Very legal terms for a Snapchat video. Making sure yeah. that the Snapchat video holds up in court. Pretty crazy. Another website called Bossip, which not only misspelled the word gossip, but also misspelled the word BuzzFeed when they were talking about BuzzFeed. <laughs> they are the ones who came forward, or they're the ones who I found the CIA quote from first. And they said, in response to BuzzFeed's news inquiry about the rumors, a CIA spokesperson said this. Internet rumors are not news, and the Office of Public Affairs will not waste time on them. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, well, <laughs> when you said there was a CIA statement, I, I could have, I would have guessed it would be, yeah, this is dumb, we're not wasting our time. I think it was still worth giving it to you. But I love the idea, so we've talked a decent amount now in this show, in past episodes, about people having conspiracy theories about them and the problem with them not coming out and saying anything against it. Right. Or just I loving th- or just loving the narrative themselves. I think that's what is happening here. So I think Gucci Mane isn't afraid of doing a little bit of chaos to get more listens on his albums and stuff and more publicity, right? I mean, he's the kind of guy who will release hundreds of songs in a year. Well, this is the kind of man who puts an ice cream cone on his face forever. Although then it disappeared, so maybe not. I'm just saying that's a man who's capable of anything. And if you tell me that people believe that I'm a clone, I'm going to start, I'm going to run with that for sure, personally. I think especially as an entertainer. Exactly. If someone had had the theory, I think Asher is a werewolf, every single time there's a full moon, you would never see me. I, I just little things I would lean into it. I think this is even more convincing than that, though, because what are the negative connotations of Gucci Mane being a government clone? Negative connotations of you being a werewolf means that occasionally you might murder somebody. Okay, yeah. Right? And sure, it'll be an accident, but there's also fewer Jacksons in the world now. If Gucci Mane is a government clone, that just means cool. Now we've got two Gucci Mane's. <laughs> See, I thought the, the, this theory wouldn't spawn from him. This is similar to what we talked about with the Beatles and their heights changing. And you're looking for physical attributes that prove they're different people. I thought the validation for this, this claim would be there's no way that one man can produce this much music. So there's two of him. See... I kind of consider that to be another argument too, which is surprising to me because I haven't really found a lot of people talking about how much music he's producing. They kind of just think, okay, this is normal for Gucky Man. Yeah, this sounds like it was produced in half an hour, so I buy it. Which isn't, isn't to say that his music is bad. I've definitely listened to some of it and really enjoyed it, but there's definitely been the kind of Drake feel where I think, okay, old Drizzy, your song is 28 out, 28, or your album is 28 songs long. Maybe just give me 11 of them. (laughs) Just throwing that number out there, but specifically give me 11 and no more, no less. But let's get back to, let's get back to talking about Gucky Man and his weird appearance. Not appearance, but his weird theory. What do you think would be actual government motive for 
them creating an alternative Gucci Mane. Hmm. What would the government have to do with it? What was he in prison for in the first place? Did we cover that? We didn't, and I don't know, but give me a second, I'll Google it. He was in possession of two illegal firearms. Okay. So that's why his sentence was only two years and he got out a little bit early? Yes. So that's sp- the, the qualifier government clone or the adjective government clone is what makes it harder to believe. Because I don't know what the government wants with... They probably don't even want the one. Why would they want two? See, that's the part for me that keeps holding me back from believing this. And I've gone into a lot of these trying to think, okay, Jackson, we're going to believe this. We're going to go in wholeheartedly and try and convince Asher of the theory we now hold true. I don't think that Gucky could be a clone because I don't think that the government, if they were even just testing clone protocol or clone the cloning systems would choose somebody this well-known to be the first option, right? I mean, the only reason they would want clones is if they're like the Galactic Republic and they need to raise an army to, that can compete with battle droids, but then has a higher level of functioning and also a sense of ethics. But Gucci Mane is not the one you start Gucci Mane is not the one you start with. Because I don't, I mean... I think, I can think of other reasons you would want clones. Really? Yeah, so whenever there's a big conference for the president of the United States, they have a designated survivor, right? Yes, there's a television there's show a, about that. I don't, know how, I don't know if it's any good, but that's how I learned what a designated survivor was. Yeah, that's how I did too. Shannon watches it and it's all right. I just don't like Kiefer Sutherland very much. I think they just, they uh, just realized how cool that title is and decided to make a show around it. Yeah, and they did a lot of really neat animation work with the intro and all of the like promotion stuff for it, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, designated Survivor is a person that stays to the side in case the president is assassinated, right? Yeah. I think that could be a purpose for a clone. Holy shit, especially for a rap star who's a prominent figure because they end up getting assassinated all the time. Or murdered, depending on the level of, uh, of notoriety. <laughs> the amount of... Uh, <laughs> John Lennon was assassinated. <laughs> X was murdered. I, I see... But I'm saying, like, if you... Ha- I guess if there was any... If you needed to clone a musician, and you needed a backup musician in case one of them got shot, Gucci Mane would be one of the top contenders for that. Right. The problem with that logic, though, is that I don't know why. I think there's probably more than one problem. (laughs) Okay. Can I say one of them? Yes. (laughs) I think the problem with that logic, though, is that why would the government need to clone a musician? (laughs) I see why the government would need to clone a president in case they were worried about the president dying. But I don't know why. The government would think, huh, if Gucci Mane dies, we aren't going to get a follow-up to his 2018 album. Oh, you are going to get a follow-up regardless. Just trying to explore why the government at all would want to experiment on that. My other thought is use it as a test experiment, right? And so they have cloned a bunch of people, and prison makes a lot of sense for it, right? 
Because the American prison system is often looked over. Right. And if there's going to be minute differences, in, if it's not perfect, you make a clone. It's not actually identical. It's a flawed process. You get a person who disappears for a certain amount of time and then reappears changed. No one bats an eye because it's prison that changed them. Right. So using so, a prisoner does make sense. That, that I totally believe. But using a really prominent, famous one does not. See, what I think, now thinking through it as we're talking, it could be something where they have tested this on a ton of prisoners before that. And just never been caught because of the ice cream? No. Oh. Well, yes. I don't, I don't think very many people have ice cream tattoos on their faces. But what I'm talking about is more that all of these other prisoners that they have tested it on have been sent back to communities of no bigger than a hundred or maybe a thousand. Right? Sure. And so if it, they do end up being a clone, they just have to hush a small amount of people. Yeah. Nobody's going in. Nobody's coming out. Which is good for early tests. But if you want to see it later on, you're going to want to put somebody in the big facing eye. Right. But that's what I'm saying. That's where they dropped the ball was they wanted to prove that they can make it as convincing and identical as possible, but they forgot the ice cream tattoo, because after the new Gucci Mane came out of the pod, he emerged a perfect Gucci Mane. They were like, okay, let's get the ice cream on your face, and then he bolts. I love that image as like a, like a robot chicken video. Okay, well, that's mostly how my mind operates, is like robot chicken segments. <laughs> but I think... What's crazy is that nobody really believes this anymore. And so I think that, yes, a lot of people came out and said, we think he's a government clone, but the government fought so hard to hush it up that it has been successfully hushed. Hmm. If, we're assuming, if we're assuming that he actually was a government clone, people were thinking, oh, maybe Gucci Mane grew in prison, which is logical and decided that he wanted to remove the tattoo. It is definitely one hell of a transformation Tuesday, but I'm not, to I'm not totally sold. Well, that's all I have for you here in the city. Yeah, all this talking has made me really thirsty. <clears throat> kind of parched. How about you? Yeah. I, oh, you've been working I mean, over that cold brew. Yeah, but it, it ran out a little while ago, so my mouth is pretty dry. and it, It's a pretty dry state out here in Utah, so... I don't know. Yeah, well, if you want a little bit of energy, then you might as well get your hands on either some more coffee or a Red Bull that gives you wings, flies you up to heaven, because you can't have a monster because it's the work of the devil. So monster are we energy talk, drink. Are we going to talk about this now, or should we, should we take the tram or oh, the bus or something? I'm just fired up. Let's go ahead and uh, hop aboard the, uh, the train. And the train that we took last time, as you remember, the air conditioning was not working so well, or the heating wasn't working so well, so we're going to have to hop on this little, uh, little micro rail here. Yeah, I got to squeeze in and get your, get, get your knees up in this. Oh, it looks like they're playing ska this time. Do we want to improvise some ska? And now we have arrived. Wow, that was fast. So after the, taking the amusement park miniature railroad, we've arrived at Debunk Town. Everyone here is dragging around. Everyone looks tired. Sure could use an energy boost, but uh, you can't get it from Monster Energy Drink because it is the work of Satan. And this is something that's been around on Twitter and Facebook for years now. I don't know how long Monster Energy Drink has been around, but certainly as long as the drink has existed, so have there been suburban moms protesting it. 
so monster energy, you may recall, is the sticker you see on the back of vehicles. It's basically a mark that a vehicle has reached more than 300,000 miles. Then you slap the monster logo on it, and that's how you know. You have the infamous claw marks, the three green claw marks that make the M. Another another way that can actually appear, which you don't actually hear about very often, but if there is a number of empty hot Cheetos bags in the car, that sticker will just appear on the back of the car anyways. Yeah, and it's really become, I mean, Monster Energy kind of the beverage commandeered this icon that was developed to label people that you don't want to talk to. So you see someone with a Monster Energy hat, you're like, oh, cool, great. And now I know who to avoid. But Monster Energy, besides the fact that they have a drink that tastes like toxic waste, what makes them evil? Well, the M is pretty particular. It's not just three claw marks. It has a unique shape where at the very top, it's kind of flattened out. And then there's the long lines to the bottom. Is this the video of the woman at the show kind of showing you the can? Yes. So you're already familiar with the video. Monster Energy Drinks are the work of Satan. All caps, three exclamation marks. And I don't know what show these people are at, but there's this, what you would imagine to be the kind of person to be talking about this, middle-aged woman who is explaining to an unknown cameraman what the symbolism within Monster Energy Drinks represents and why we should be afraid Breaking down each of the symbolism that points towards Satanism within Monster Energy. So, as we discussed before, we have the uh, Vav, which is six, and you have three of them, so six, six, six. Monster Energy Drink is Unleash the Beast. She goes on to explain that. The- do we just want to? Do we just want to let her explain it? Let's let her explain it because it's pretty hysterical, and there's some quotable moments in there. Look at your M closely. There's a gap right here in the letter M. It's never connected. So you go into Hebrew. The letter Vav is also the number six. Short top, long tail. Short top, long tail. You could have here in Hebrew 666 on the can. But my interest is the word monster. What do you see in the O? There's a cross. Okay. What has Christ got to do with an energy drink, let alone the name monster? So I thought, well, maybe this is a Christian company then. BFC at the bottom of the can. Do you know what that stands for? That's the F word. Big can. In fact, they write it on the side of the can, so I know that's the F word. Okay. Now, do you know what a MILF is? Yes. That's on the box. MILFs, dig it, and you will see. You cannot deny that that is a cross. I mean, that is the Greek letter phi, but you can't deny that it's a cross. And you flip it over. For those of you that, that aren't watching the video right now, Google monster energy drinks are the works of Satan because it is hilarious how many different posters she has to show you. (laughs) She's got all the swag, man. Different details. What's so funny about this to me is that my mother-in-law is a, is one of the most intensely evangelical people I've ever met on the planet. And she drinks a monster energy drink every day. 
yeah, well, so much for heaven, because every time you take a sip, you flip that cross upside down. What is an upside down cross? Oh, St. Peter's cross? Oh, you mean the traditional symbol of missions? Uh, um, no, that's satanic! It's the upside down cross, it's evil. My favorite sentence I think I've ever heard ever is, do you know what a MILF is? <laughs> and the person who's filming comes in so quick with a, yes! They were they were ready for it. That's what, that to me is the funniest thing. Is now, do you know what a milf is? Yes. So it's pretty hot here in Debunk Town. I'd love for you to get to get to the debunking. That's what I came here for. So six 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 in Hebrew is not actually written as three consecutive sixes. Instead, it looks like six hundred and sixty six which is spelled out a different way, Samek Resh Tavav. So they essentially write out 666. They don't just have three of those vavs in a row to make, 600, to make 666. So in Hebrew, that's just three separate sixes. That's not what the mark of the beast looks like. So that is the... That's the way that Snopes and other websites have debunked it. I, however, plot twist, I'm actually with the lady. I don't know if there's a secret agenda or what Satan plans to accomplish by branding a terrible garbage energy drink, but I actually think that unintentionally, Monster had a 666, and then when they realized, then when there was this outburst or this backlash from the evangelical Christian community, I think they just, they loved it and they just ran with it. Because there really are too many coincidences for it to not be on purpose. The uh, Unleash the Beast, the Three Sixes, I just don't think whoever's in charge of marketing at Monster Energy would have known the Samek Resh Tavav thing about 666 and was like, yeah, hell yeah, that's 666. I think they are intentionally playing up the demonic Mark of the Beast um, aesthetic. But I don't think there's any sort of agenda that's being accomplished here other than promoting their terrible liquid. I think what's so hilarious about this, and I agree, I want to say, but I think what is so hilarious about this to me is that this lady genuinely thinks that this energy drink is going to do damage to the Christian faith. It's going to do damage to your liver. It's going to do damage to your intestines. But it's not going to do damage to your faith. That settles it for me. Do you want to head back to the city? It's getting pretty racist here in Debunk Town. Yeah, I mean, the, the tiny train scuffed up my knees, so I would rather just walk. But if we can head back to the big city, I would be happy to go now. Well, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go, a walking. Uh, at, at the train station, I did see a couple of uh, the, the tiny train station. I did get to look through a brochure, and it talked a little bit about our show, which is kind of weird. But let's roll with it. Okay. Oh, I got hit in the face with a flyer. What is? What is? What does this flyer say? Oh, it's a. There's a new concert for. Glimmerall coming. I would love to see him. He makes excellent music. He made our theme song. It's Threadbare off the album Burden of Proof. Go to glimmerallmusic.com or check him out on Spotify or iTunes. He doesn't have a concert coming up, unfortunately. But if he did, we'd definitely go watch him. Because he's a fantastic and I, musician and you're going to love him. I found this, this old receipt in my pocket that's from uh, 
I guess the, the CVS that keeps the bunk town in business. And on the bottom, it has an advertisement, which is a little weird, but an advertisement for where you can find us online. On Instagram, we're at Strictly Confidential Show. And on Twitter, we are S Confident Show. And I will not go a single episode without complaining that Twitter should give us a little bit more space for the title of our username. Do you want to tell them, uh, have you got any information about where they can contact us? Uh, I don't have any info. I just got this junk mail. Uh, it's just a promotion. It says, um, you qualify to submit a conspiracy theory to Strictly Confidential Show. Email now, strictlyconfidentialshow at gmail.com. And I have a flyer here for, uh, it says, 459-2222, get a Gaddy's pizza. Deli- oh, no, that one doesn't relate. Uh, I think that's all we've got housekeeping-wise. Yeah, why don't you tell them what they can do? Or what they should do? And as always, stay curious. Hey, Jeremy, did we get that 54-foot iPhone cable from Amazon yet? What? They sent 54 one-foot cables? <laughs> Call the boys. <laughs>